a spiritual journey. Right, and where is the journey, what, what happens at the end of these 40 well, days? What is it? Um, well, Christ's resurrection. That's right, mm -hmm. Pascha. Yeah. So Pascha, and so it's kind of like Pascha is the main event, but so that it's not just any other day in the year. If I start preparing for it, it's going to be much more of powerful experience. And that's the idea, participating in it for 40 days, preparing for it. So it's this idea that you, it's like you, you, you have a, um, a friend you haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. And he says, I want to come to your house. I'll be there in a month and a half, around 40 days. And you go, oh, okay, well, what are you going to do? You haven't seen this friend in a long time. And you want to prepare for them, to, to, to receive them, to see them, mm -hmm. right? Are you going to cook and clean the house at the very last minute? No. No. Well, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you get, you're going you know, to prepare, and, right. and you, you're ready for it. And that's the idea with Lent. But preparing. So can I ask you, it's not all or nothing. No, it's not. So if you like eat something you shouldn't mm -hmm. or say something you shouldn't or do mm -hmm. something, then you just pick up exactly. pick and up start. That's right. Exactly. Okay. You're, you're, the, right. the church gives us the guidelines. It says, here are the things that you should right. try to do. Right. And um, you do them, you know, you talk to the priest, the spiritual father, and say, well, what works for me? What Can you help me kind of figure it mm -hmm. out? Because not everybody is capable to just jump in at that level if they haven't really done much of that yet, like fasting, for example. Right. And so you work out something that, that is that's a little challenging, but not overwhelming, and then it mm -hmm. ends up having negative results. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so fasting, speaking of fasting, that is one of the themes this week. And beginning with the judgment last Sunday, so every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, today's Wednesday, there were readings in the Bible, uh, assigned readings that I send out in the daily meditation. But I, because I was away, I just, got, I just drove in from St. Nicholas Ranch, from uh, uh, Fresno. Uh, that's so, a long drive, Father. Yeah, it was a nice, beautiful time there. Good. Um, and uh, anyway, so, so, so we have readings for Wednesday, and I think I'll read those for you, mm -hmm. and we'll see what is the church trying to tell us today with these readings, and then we'll discuss it a little bit. Okay, so, so this is a reading from um, Joel, the book of Joel, which is from the Old Testament. And he says this, um, and Joel was a prophet who appeared to the, to the Jews, to the Israelites. And every time the prophets were appearing to Oops. the Jews, Sorry. it's okay. Every time the, the prophets were appearing to the Jews is because something was wrong. The people were going astray. Mm -hmm. The people were getting lost. They were starting to worship other gods. They were starting to do really bad things. They were forgetting their faith. They're forgetting God. And so during those times, God would send prophets. They would appear and tell the people, you can't do this. You've got to return to God. And Joel is one of those, as are many others in the Old Testament. 
So this is from the book of Joel, and let's see what he says. Now therefore, says the Lord, right? This is Joel speaking. This is what the Lord is saying to you. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. So here you have Joel talking about fasting and about uh, the sense of weeping for your sins, for the mistakes you've made, and rend your heart, tear your heart instead of your garments. Uh, what, what does that mean? The, the, there was this Jewish habit, the Jews had this habit, if they heard something really bad, like, like blasphemy, or if they were really angry about something, they would rip their clothes. It was like this act of, of declaring shock or pain or, you know, sorrow or, you know, it was just... And in the New Testament, there is a scene where Christ... He's arrested, and he's in the court of the, the, the Jewish leaders who were accusing him of uh, blasphemy, of, of you know, trying to get him basically, uh, who arrested him, trying to get him uh, killed. Mm -hmm. He, the priest, says to Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the Christ? And Jesus says, I am. And the high priest gets so angry, he rends his garment. He rips his garment. Yeah. So that shows you that even during the time of Christ, they were still doing that. But what is God saying? He says, don't rip your clothes up. <laughs> your heart. Rip your heart. Because you are so sorry for what you've done. Mm -hmm. That's what God wants to see. That's repentance, mm -hmm. you see. And, and then there's this key word, turn, with, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping. So he's saying, God is commanding fasting. He's saying, you should, I want to see you do fasting. That shows to me that you're uh, uh, turning to me, that you, you, that you are desiring to uh, make things right with me. Right? You, it's, it's a way that you can declare that and show that to me fast right and he says um, Joel says um, Joel so Joel the prophet Joel is telling the people to do that turn to God with fasting with weeping rend your hearts not your garments return to the Lord your God he's not going to punish you it's, no he's gracious and merciful he has great kindness who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. 
Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach, that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Why, why, should, the, why should the others say, Where is your God? Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far from you the, the northern army. These were the enemies that are attacking them. And will drive him away into a barren and desolate land, with his face towards the eastern sea and his back towards the western sea, his stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. He's saying basically, you have enemies and I'm going to even destroy them for you or help you destroy them. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down. There was a drought for you. He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. That's how they used to separate the wheat from the chaff. They thresh it. Um, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. There was a pestilence of locusts. They'd, you know, they would come in and eat everything up. Wow. People were starving. Mm -hmm. There was a drought. And this is Joel telling the people, if you turn to God and repent of your sins, which is why God is angry with you and has withheld the rain. He has withheld the food, you see, because you disobeyed him. You, you, you. And when I say disobey, what they were doing was not just little sins. They were committing very, very serious things, okay? Um, you shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. And now we have a little uh, reading by uh, a saint describing what does this um, passage mean. This is from Saint Gregory of Nyssa and he says, one can take that morning, that morning of mourning and crying to be blessed, which follows the transgressions of sinners. So in other words, if you do commit a sin, it, and then you turn to God and, and, and you're weeping for it, you're, you're, you're remorseful for it, that is a blessed thing. The work of worldly sorrow is death, whereas the other works in those afflicted with it, salvation through repentance, Um, worldly sorrow. So what's the difference between me feeling sorry for my sins and really being upset about that versus me feeling really sorry that the Raiders lost? <laughs> what's the difference? <laughs> uh, I think it's more profound. Uh, yeah. 
totally not thinking different. about yeah totally different yeah yeah, yeah with the raiders yeah. yeah right yeah it's yeah it's <laughs> when you do something you feel just this thing that kind of consumes you. Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes people, when they're not engaged in that, seeing themselves and feeling, you know, kind of regret, but they're more so focused on that other stuff in the world. Yeah. Like, oh, my stock didn't do well, yeah. and I'm just destroyed by that, or I lost money, or I... Mm-hmm. Um, all of the things of the world that people get caught up in and when things don't go their way, they just fall apart. Mm-hmm. And they're stressed out and anxious and become suicidal. And that's worldly sorrow. And it leads to death. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing. Doesn't produce anything for you. It only takes you straight to death. Whereas this other kind of sorrow for my sins and my mistakes leads to Salvation. Salvation. You see the difference, and that's life. Mm-hmm. One leads to death. One, the world is being. There. So that's what he's saying. Um, so here, then he, he goes on. He says, "Man once lived in the delights of paradise. Right? Adam and Eve lived in paradise, but he's been transplanted." He's like he was in this garden, now he's been kind of picked up, and now he's here into this unhealthy and wearisome place where his life, once accustomed to impassibility, in other words, he was, Adam and Eve were not, were um, incapable of dying. You know, they, had, they were in, with God, it was perfect. Became instead subject to passions and corruption. Uh, it occupies the castle of the soul like a tyrant and afflicts the obedient Lord or uh, through his own subjects. For the whole array of passions, wrath and fear, cowardice and impudence, depression as well as pleasure, hatred, strife and merciless cruelty, envy as well as flattery, brutality together with brooding over injuries, they are also many despotic masters. So what he's saying is, your body is like this palace, and these things that are in us called the passions, anger, envy, what he was just listing, they kind of move in, and they kind of become the landlord. They They, take over your soul. They take over, (coughs) and they tell you what to do and how to think. That's what he's saying. Masters, they become masters, right? So... When he calls us to mourning, when he calls mourning blessed, in other words, weeping for your sins and repenting, the underlying sense seems to be that the soul should turn to the true good and not immerse itself in the deceits of this present life. That's a strong statement. Yeah, it is. Don't get caught up in the things of this world only and totally forget about your soul. Because you only have one chance at this. Um, and true, uh, turn to the good. But if a man does not seek, he will not find what comes only to those who seek. Moses prescribed unleavened bread during the days of the feast. But for the seasoning of the food, he appointed bitter herbs. Um, 
Moses was telling the Jews, the Israelites, to fast, and he was telling them, you're going to eat bread, but I want you to put only bitter herbs on it. Again, it was a form of fasting to stop only pleasing themselves with delicious foods every single day, and that's all they wanted to do. He's saying, okay, for this period of time, you're going to fast, and you're going to eat these things, and it's enough to keep you alive and keep you fed. But you're going to take some act to have a little bit of self-control about constantly desiring only, you know, these gourmet foods. <laughs> cleanses the soul too, doesn't it? That's probably? right. Yeah, it cleanses the soul. It cleanses yeah. it because yeah. you kind of start now thinking about more spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, if you're only satisfying the body, the soul is kind of like, well, what about me, you know? Yeah. And it starts starving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so fasting is cleansing, helping this cleanse the soul and feeding the soul. We should not think it is a loss to be deprived of some of the pleasant things of this life. We shouldn't think that we're somehow losing out to be deprived of it for a little time, but rather to lose, to lose the better things for the sake of enjoying the others. That's worse. We should not, I'll read it again, we should not think at a loss to be deprived of some of the pleasant things of this life, but rather it is a loss to lose the better things for the sake of enjoying these uh, worldly things that are obviously temporary. You can't enjoy those foods forever. I mean, even when you're getting older, you can't eat what you used to no, eat. No, no, no. Already it's starting. Mm-hmm. God is showing you this is not what you need. Yeah? See how that works? So age, getting older, is actually it's very helpful to us. <laughs> In this spiritual way. In a spiritual way. <laughs> you know? Because it's, it's reminding us what's coming. Yeah. And to get ready. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and here's a quote from St. Theophan, the recluse. He says, The body at work, but the mind and heart with God. Such should be the state of the true Christian. Um, so that's a good statement there. Yeah. The body at work, yeah. but the mind and the heart with God. With God. With God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and now there's a, lot, a big article here about fasting. And um, uh, again, Joel, the prophet, is talking about to sanctify a fast, start a fast. Now again, why is the church reading this now? It's because we're about to start the fast on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's giving us these readings to help us and inspire us and telling us why do we fast um, and what does it do for us. So here's a little bit on that. He says, um, uh, Behold, my brothers, how much a fast can do. And in what manner the law commands us to fast? It is required that not only with the body should we fast, but with the soul. 
Now the soul is humbled when it does not follow wicked opinions, but feeds on virtues. Virtues are love, peace, joy. So instead of my, only my body feeding on food, I want my soul to feed on good things, on holy things. And fasting is supposed to help me do that. Um, there's a connection there. For virtues and vices are the food of the soul. Vices are the bad things. So your soul can also consume those bad things. Right? It depends on what you are hmm, exposing yourself to. Uh, and it can eat either of these two kinds of meat and incline itself to either one of these two things. If it is bent, the soul is bent towards virtue, good things, it will be nourished by virtues. It'll start becoming good and joyful and holy and by righteousness, by temperance, patience, by meekness, humility, by fortitude, strength. As Paul says, being nourished by the word of truth. Such was the case with our Lord who said, my meat, my food is to do the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's, that's from a scene where Christ, uh, the, the apostles bring him food and say to a master, eat. And he says, I, I, my food, I've already eaten. And he says, would somebody give him some food? And he says, no, the food I have is to do the will of my Father. But if it is not thus with the soul, and it inclines downwards, it is then nourished by nothing but sin. Not only does a, such a fast as this obtain pardon for souls, but being kept holy, it prepares the saints and raises them above the earth. That great man, Moses, when fasting, conversed with God and received the law. Moses, the prophet in the Old Testament, in order to, to have an encounter with God, he fasted first. And so what was the result of his fasting? He had an actual encounter with the living God. Mm -hmm. God spoke to him like face to face. Imagine. And so that's what fasting produced for Moses. Um, for Christ in the New Testament, Christ goes and battles, uh, goes fasts for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. At the end of it, the devil appears to him and tempts him. You maybe remember that story. And here you have the devil himself. He doesn't send some demons of his, but he himself comes and tries to attack and tempt Jesus. And Jesus, remember, he's a human being. He's still going to be tempted. He's still going to suffer hunger and thirst like you and I because he's fasting for 40 years. But what does he do? He overcomes the devil's temptations and repels him. He is able to uh, make him leave and repel him. Why? Because he's fasting as well. And that's why he's telling us, when you fast in the right way, combined with prayer, you will also have the power to repel the demons, reject their temptations, and not be, become a victim of them.
That's what God is promising. And maybe even greater things can be revealed to you through your fasting. Okay? So that's, that's kind of, and here's other examples. The great and holy Elijah, when fasting, was thought worthy of divine visions. Daniel, another prophet, he saw heaven. As he was fasting and praying, he had a vision of heaven. And he saw things that no one had ever seen, like paradise, right? God on his throne and the angels, just amazing things. He saw prophecies of what would happen to the future. And at last was taken up like him who ascended into heaven. And Daniel, when fasting, although a very young man, was entrusted with the mystery, and he alone understood the secret thing of the king and was thought worthy of divine visions. The angels are not otherwise sustained than by beholding at all times the face of the Father. Right? The, the angels are always fasting. They don't eat. They, they, their food is to just be with God and of the Savior who is in heaven. Thus Moses, as long as he talked with God, fasted indeed in body, but was nourished, fed by God's divine words. Um, so, what is the saying? Well, I'm not Daniel. I'm not a prophet. You're not Daniel. You're not, you know. And these individuals had these experiences when they fasted. And it's, it was a gift of God. It was a purpose for that. Mm-hmm. Yet, um, something is also at some other level going to happen to me and you and you when you fast. Uh, and so that's what we're again being invited to by the church. Any questions on anything so far? On fasting or how to fast or anything like that? Let me, when we're fasting, we need to abstain from coffee too, don't we? No, no. you don't have to. Okay. If you want to. Coffee? <laughs> I don't know. I just popped in my head. No, that's okay. Coffee addict. No. Uh, so, okay, well, you brought up the point about addict. Like it says, if there's something that really controls you, yeah. Yeah. then that would be a good challenge to try to give it up. Like sugar. Sugar, right? <laughs> Cigarettes. Um, don't worry about that. Binge watching TVs, yeah, uh, shows. Uh, coffee, yeah. Like, you're basically challenging yourself, saying, okay, does this thing control me, or am I going to control this thing? That's what you're doing. And so Lent is an opportunity for that, to say, you know what? I don't want to be a slave to anything. Mm -hmm. I want to be in control. And I'm going to challenge myself to not drink coffee. (laughs) And you know what? God will accept that. I'm going to try it. But is that coffee and meat and oil and... Well, so the fast... So so that's what I'm confused about because... So coffee is not one of the things listed. But with regard to your comment, I was pointing out that it can be something that you apply to yourself. But the church says this. It says meat, right, which is red meat, chicken, Mm -hmm. fish. Uh, This is the strict fast. This is really more advanced in a way. But it says... This is what you can do. Meat, uh, fish, dairy. Basically a vegan diet. Yes. That's strict fasting. And that's what we're supposed to do for 40 days starting this Monday. I can be vegan all day. Can you? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't eat that much meat. Mm -hmm. Do cheese? Yeah, see? (laughs) You could do vegetarian. Right. 
Which so, I could do vegetarian yeah. too, but vegan. Uh, so fasting has to be somewhat of a challenge. Yes, and, of yeah, course. It has to be sure. And and then you have to understand well, why? Why am I doing this? Um, fasting again is supposed to help us strengthen our free will, so that we are truly free. So nothing controls us. And this is something that doesn't happen just, you know, with one year or one month of fasting. This is something that we are trying to attain, and it takes years. But every time Lent comes around, it's another chance to practice that a little bit, you mm -hmm. see? So we got to really take the long view that I'm living my life as an Orthodox Christian. The church, our whole world is fasting from this point to this point, and I'm participating in that at a level that's going to work and be effective for me mm -hmm. will, for you let's say let's say somebody who's never fasted from meat and dairy for 40 days mm -hmm. to undertake that right away yes you can do that if you feel really inspired but don't get discouraged if after a week you fall apart and you you know mm -hmm. you're irritable and you're starving, and instead of it helping you have self-control, it actually makes it worse okay. because you start snapping at people, you're getting angry, you're um, hungry, you're weak, like you no can't coffee. even yeah, no coffee, right? Yeah. You start you're, <laughs> you're weak, you can't even pray because you're so lethargic because you haven't eaten. Got it. You see, and then it's totally self-defeating. And so when you're starting off, you got to start slow. Okay. So, for example, no meat. Yeah. That's yeah. For some people, that's hard. Yeah. But most people could probably do that. Yeah. yeah. But it's still a bit of a challenge. But here's the other kind of fasting. That's just the food. The real fasting is, like he says, fast also with your heart, with mm -hmm. your soul. Don't try not to have bad thoughts about that, people. Yeah. That, yeah. Gossiping. Yeah. Right? Um, what am I looking at? Right? Um, uh, resentments, all these things, that controlling those as well, which are harder, right? It's harder to do that. Controlling all your bad thoughts. That's right. And, 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 um, so how can we do that? How can I fast from certain foods and, and be challenging? How can I control my thoughts and control my behavior, my words, my actions? How can I do that? Because I'm just the same old person, right? It's, this is me. How can I all of a sudden not be that way? Well, it's possible through one way, and that is constant prayer. Any, any idea why do you think that is? Why would, why would that be the thing that, that helps us? Well, uh, I know I've prayed on occasions. It's helped me. I think that um, when you pray, your, your mind, I mean, you're not thinking of the other things. No, you're, you're not. You're thinking of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you're, I don't know, controlling your, kind of pulling your mind in. Mm, that's a good way to think about yeah, it. Yeah, because like when I, my mind sometimes, especially I drive to work and, you know, my mind is like all over the place. And so sometimes I'll just like, you know, just say, Lord, 
have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I just just something like that, or at yeah. night when I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, just to clear my mind, kind mm-hmm. of almost. Mm-hmm. That's you know. That's, so I don't know. That's kind of what. I know when I pray, I think of good thoughts all the time. Mm-hmm. You think of good thoughts, yeah. yeah. That's what I do. I think of good so thoughts. So somehow. The prayer, by, by engaging in prayer, entering into prayer, whether it's in the car, whether it's falling asleep, or whenever it is, yeah. something in your mind, in your whole being, gets reoriented, mm-hmm. gets kind of changes, right? Mm-hmm. You're entering into another part of yourself. And, you, and whenever you're in that space, that part of you, things seem to be a little better. It's because you're not thinking of the outside. Yeah, that's right. You're not thinking of, mm-hmm. I, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get this done? Mm-hmm. That, this. I'm just focusing. Okay, this is just between here. Uh huh. Here and there. That's, that's it. right. That's mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah, and so that gives me mm-hmm. a little bit of peace when. So when you're and now. It makes me feel good too. I mean, I feel like I'm closer to God. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, see, that's exactly it. So prayer is this encounter with God. You're actually coming into His presence. Right. Now, it's like picking up the phone and calling a friend. Right. And that time you have together, a friend tells you something, it's encouraging, and you hear his voice or her voice, and you hang up the phone and you feel good. Mm-hmm. Right? So prayer is like that phone call you're making to God. Mm-hmm. And He will let you he will respond to you, but in a silent way, mm-hmm. through what we call His grace. Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the critical thing is to open up that communication with Him frequently and make ourselves available to it, take advantage of it frequently. Because every time we turn to Him and pray, He will respond. Mm-hmm. And it's, in a way, we won't really be able to discern maybe during the prayer but somehow His peace, His grace comes to us so that when we now are not in the car and now we are somewhere else mm-hmm. and suddenly you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening in our lives, because we've cultivated prayer, we have this inner peace. Mm-hmm. God's now there. Mm-hmm. And we're able to kind of uh, endure the things that come up in life much better much better and uh, they don't crush us they don't destroy us uh, and we can be a source of that peace then for others mm-hmm. see I'm we, not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to tell you um, I had a priest tell me um, when we were talking once and he said to put the icon on the table and have your morning coffee Huh. Just like you're saying, you get on the phone and you talk to them. Yeah. The same way that you always say, you know, <laughs> right. talk to them in simple terms. Right. And, you know, just like, you know, put mm-hmm. yourself in that space. Right. And that's kind of helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To think of it because, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I know when I pray, I feel much more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Calmer inside. Yeah. And, yeah. and I let the other virtues take over. I'm all over the place. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. But when you pray, do you find that you're praying and then all of a sudden, you're thinking about ten other things. See, no, I I, I have a problem with that. No, I, I, like, I pray. I'm very relaxed, and 
and I find that I, I do pray a lot at night when I'm when I'm sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, and I can get good, a good night's sleep. But I let the other virtues creep in my head at night, and I'm all over the bed, mm. tossing and turning, and everything else. Oh, the other passions and vices. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, yeah. when I pray, I feel very relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, you have. Uh, yeah, some people it, it comes more easily naturally. Other people, what you're describing, is similar to a lot of people experience. You know, they want to take the time out. They want to pray, mm-hmm. and then those thoughts start coming. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and even the saints had endured this, and mm-hmm. they they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And those thoughts come from two places. One, because we have so much going on, our mind is just full of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just firing. It doesn't know that it, you know, it, it's still in that hyper mode right. that we were in all day long. And um, we have to sort of first, before we even try to start praying, we have to kind of slow down. Uh, clear our mind, really kind of slow it down, try to clear our mind, try to empty your mind. And, and then when you start getting to that point, then you start praying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rather than just jumping into it. Yeah. You see? Uh, and then the other way they come is from the demons. They don't want you praying. Mm-hmm. So they're going to distract you. They don't want that you have a conversation with God. See? They want to tear you away from Him like they tore away Adam and Eve from him. They want to do the same thing to you. Yeah. You understand? That's what they want. And so they see prayer. They know how powerful prayer is mm-hmm. and how it destroys them. And so they want to steal you away from it. So they'll throw all kinds of random thoughts, bad thoughts, weird thoughts. And the best thing to do is just ignore them completely. Mm-hmm. Just wow. ignore them. Um, and that transition that we're talking about, that space of time that you have to take to really kind of enter into prayer mode, just as a side note, that's what the narthex is for. When you walk into the church, that first room is called the narthex. That's supposed to be a place where I walk in, I've come in from the craziness of the world, I'm going to calm down, I'm going to I'm going to see Christ in the icon. I'm going to venerate the icon, kiss the icon. I'm going to light my candle. And I'm slowing down little by little so that I can enter the church now and encounter God, have that conversation with God in the liturgy. Lord, have mercy, right? That's what we're singing. We're talking to Him. (laughs) You see? So now fasting, again, so that was the strict fast. The other forms of, there are other forms of fasting. So, for example, um, another way to fast during Lent would be to skip one meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you decide what meal that is. So that you're hungry during the day. Mm-hmm. You've got to feel hunger. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not feeling hungry during the fast, you're not really fasting. So the sense of hunger is important. Mm-hmm. That at some point during the day, I'm going to be hungry. And guess what? I'm going to enter that hunger. I'm not going to be like annoyed with it or um, try to fix it. I'm hungry. I got to eat something. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm hungry. All right. Well, what am I going to do with this hunger? Well, in my hunger, I'm going to take this physical hunger and turn it into my soul's hunger for God. And I'm going to pray. 
I'm going to reorient this, my body. And then if I pray, in the, in that, with that state of mind, my prayer will be very, very deep. Because I'm feeling that um, I, I, when you're hungry, it feels like you're going to die, right? Like uh, people, people say this, I, I'm starving, I'm going to die, right? It's this awareness that if I don't eat, I am going to die. Look how frail I am. Look how weak I am. Mm -hmm. And with that mindset now, I turn to God and say, you know, look at me. I am nothing without you. I'm going into the grave. I need you. Have mercy on me. Help me. You see, that's the kind of prayer we should be saying, like Joel says, rend your heart and turn to God. And he will overflow with his mercy and compassion to you helping you, strengthening you, loving you, you see? So fasting has that quality. It does that for us. Um, the money I would have spent on all those, all that meat, that, sh you know, that's chicken, whatever, another byproduct, another reason for fasting was that money you took and gave it to the poor. See? But there was that other aspect to it. I'm no longer just feeding myself. I'm saying a little no to myself so that I can feed others. Beautiful, right? Spreading mm -hmm. um, so, the goodwill of the Lord. Right. Exactly. It's saying I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit. It's not just about me constantly. So there's this element of self-denial. Self-denial. Self-sacrifice. Any questions? Um, so that's another way of fasting, is to skip one meal. Um, Which meal do you skip, though? Anyone? I, mean, I don't eat breakfast that much anyway. Okay. I don't eat breakfast. No. Maybe lunch? Skip I lunch? Eat, I skip lunch, too. Do I you really? I don't eat much. Lunch. You're not eating a lot, then? No, mm. I don't eat a lot. I, mean, yeah, I don't. No. Mm -hmm. So that's, if, if a person wasn't ready to do the full fast, 40 days, strict fast as I mentioned then these are some other ideas but again you got to talk with the priest and figure something out and say okay I'm going to do this this is my my rule for 40 days I see a third because you have to be a little bit accountable to, to kind of measure yourself like this is what I set out to do and I'm going to do my best to uh, you know uh, right. stick to it the third way is to eat but stop eating while you're still hungry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's another way of fasting so again, you're feeling that hunger a little bit, again, so that your prayer is richer and deeper. Mm -hmm. So those, these are just practical things on how to fast. Mm -hmm. um, and it's turn 65 to find all that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. I would do vegetarian. Yeah? yeah, there you go. I can, yeah. I can. So yeah. cut out the dairy. I'll cut out the try dairy. Try it for 40 days. I'm going to try and do it. And maybe you could try no coffee every other day or just ch to challenge yourself. I'll you try to challenge myself on the coffee. You know? Except I'll for try. you'll have a headache if you're used to drinking If you're used to it, right? That's, That's true. Yeah. Drink tea, is it permissible? Yeah, I mean, everything's permissible, 
Right? The church just says meat, dairy, etc., yeah. etc. Why? Because those are the things that cost a lot of money and those are the yeah. things that we really savor and, and just become obsessed by, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, hamburgers. You, know, you drive down the street, a huge billboard with a huge hamburger. <laughs> yeah. right? That's going to tempt you during the fast. You're going to notice it. What's going to happen is, I'm fasting, right? You're driving along, and you see somebody, oh, there's a Jack in the Box there. There's oh, a... Don't say Because <laughs> now Jack in the Box came out with a new triple burger. See? You're going to see... I saw it on the television. That's what got me. There's going to be this huge billboard with a huge billboard. And then it'll be true cheeseburgers. Yeah. Right. See? And what does that tell you? That, that tells us something like, oh, my gosh, look how much I desire these things. Yeah. I'm so, like, craving after it. And that's the impulse God wants us to overcome. Yeah. He wants well, us to overcome having, being controlled so much by something of this world, okay. like a burger. Okay. <laughs> you get it? It makes yeah. sense. Right? And Word. so I'm, now I have the opportunity to practice that. It's like it's right there, but I'm going to say no to myself. And so you know what? It's not about denying yourself of these five different food groups. Right. It's whatever... Yes. Whatever's your thing. Your thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now these five food groups are of the thing for course. most people. Yes, the thing. And for that's most why people. that's yeah. why it's chosen. Yes. You see? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but but it, it goes down it comes down to the stomach. It specifically is food, right? Oh, okay. It can be other things. I'll get to that in a moment, but specifically food because the stomach is such a so powerful. We, we are so driven and motivated and controlled by our stomachs. Yeah. That's true. Yes. You're, you're right. Right? Yeah. You're right. And that's, again, why we're trying to be not controlled by our stomachs, controlled by our hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, the stomach is clearly, that's not what we were created for. We were not created to eat. <laughs> we were created to love. So we, we got the wrong, we're working with the wrong organ, right? We're only working with the stomach most of the time. And God is saying, you're created to use the heart more than the stomach. And here's another 40 days where you could practice that. Okay. Fasting. I'm going to fast. I'm going to put my best foot forward trying to fast. That's right. Days. There you go. And we start Monday, right? Monday. Monday. Yeah. So Jack yeah. and Mark Sunday, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I I, I believe I can do the fasting and I can cut out coffee every other day. What are you going to do on St. Patrick's Day? Mm. Fast. (laughs) I'll eat veggies. You'll eat just the veggies. Uh, These Uh, are the things. Now, so there's three things we do now. I I mentioned two. I mentioned fasting. uh I mentioned prayer. There's a third one. Any, Any guess on what that is? Yes. It's going to be confession. <laughs> uh, that's part of it, yes. And communion. Yes. More? One, more, one more thing. Alms. Giving to the poor. Oh, giving oh, okay. to the poor. Okay. Giving yes. to others. Okay. Acts of love. Mm-hmm. All three have to be done. All three are related. So the idea is like this. When I fast, I'll give you an example, one scenario. When I fast, I'm hungry. And I start to pray. As I, right? Now, as I'm praying, God somehow soften, is softening my heart. And then I know what it feels like to be hungry. And I have in this communication with God in prayer. And suddenly, 
I, re I have a sense of what it must be like to be poor, to not have food. And now, suddenly, I'm filled with this compassion, and I seek out ways that I can help somebody who's literally hungry all the time. You see the connection? Yes, very much That's so. it. It's just like that. So I'm being reoriented. My body, my soul, my heart, my thoughts, everything's being reoriented to my purpose, which is to love, not to eat and satisfy myself. There's time for that, sure. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with enjoying food with friends. and That's great. Mm -hmm. It can't be all we do. And so we, we're every so often reorienting ourselves to our true purpose. Mm -hmm. right? That's the idea. And Lent is this beautiful time to do that. And then during Lent, of course, we have all these readings and every Sunday is a different theme, a different saint. All of it is really saying the same thing, love. Look at how this saint loved. Look how this saint talked about love. Um, look at the Holy Cross and the love of Christ. Every Sunday has another different angle on this, on this truth. Um, any questions? Great. No, yeah, I know. Well, I'm going to start on Monday. Yeah. Start doing. Well, um, we're about out of time, so I just um, uh, next week we'll we'll we in the first week of Lent, and so it starts on Sunday. We'll have liturgy, and this Sunday is what's called Forgiveness Sunday. How can I ask God for forgiveness if I haven't forgiven someone? It doesn't work that way. I have to first forgive too. And so this Sunday is a special Sunday where we have a regular liturgy. And then after the service, like we did last year, after liturgy is done, we're going to come into the hall, have some refreshments, mm -hmm. and then we're going to go back into the church and have what's called the Forgiveness Vespers. It's a special prayer service. At the end of the service, we're going to all get into a big circle. And one by one, we're going to kind of rotate through and ask forgiveness of one another. I will ask forgiveness, and each person will go to each person and, and say, forgive me. Oh. And the other person will say, I forgive you and forgive me. And God, may God forgive us both. And this, is, this happens within a community. It should happen within a family at home before you start Lent. You should go up to your husband, wife, children, parents and say forgive me so that you have that moment of reconciliation and now you can both you can all start Lent together in this peaceful state well, if I say that to my wife she might have a heart attack <laughs> see Tony go for what uh, for what right, <laughs> right. <laughs> no I got to do it. But it's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful thing yeah. to think okay. about it. But yeah. sincerely, right? No. Yeah. And yeah. So no we, of course. Of course. So we can, we, we, the church does it in the church because even inside a parish, people fight, they get yeah. uh, gossip and problems. That's an opportunity. So we're going to do that this Sunday then, right? This Sunday. Okay. Now let's say, let's say you, you have no problem with anybody inside the parish. Why would you ask, go up to a sweet old lady and say forgive me and she'll be like for what honey I didn't do nothing to you you didn't do nothing to me there's another layer here yeah, okay yeah. 
Maybe there's somebody in your life that you hurt. And that person is not here right now. Yes. And you never got a chance to say, uh, forgive me. Yes. That person standing in front of you is, represents that person. Ah, okay. Oh. You understand? That is that's really another yeah. layer. That's a whole another layer. layer. And there's, because why? Because when I hurt this person, it's like I hurt all of humanity. You see? That's, and so I'm practicing, I'm, I'm giving that of myself, and I'm saying, forgive me. And God accepts that, as if you said it to that person, because you are intending it for that person. And the words, forgive me, are coming out of your mouth. Do you think of that person when you say it? You can. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, I got a lot of forgiving. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I will. I have some too. See? For sure. I didn't know you could do that. You can do that. I mentioned that, Father. But the other layer. It really makes it more meaningful and and real. Very real. Totally. Um, And as you're doing this, you're saying, forgive me. You're saying it to the people, right? And now to other human beings, then you have the right, you have the opportunity and, and, and the privilege, if you will, to say to God, forgive me, because I did my part and asked forgiveness as well. And and when others asked, asked me to forgive them, I also forgave. I didn't hold back and say, no, you're not worthy to be forgiven. You're not sorry enough for what you did to me, so I'm not going to forgive you. Right? That's, and is that what God says to us? Yeah. No. Yeah. As soon as we turn to God and really are mm-hmm. sorry for what we did, He forgives us. Yeah. Even Need. the dearly departed. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, and you ask for that forgiveness, when next year comes again, do you ask for forgiveness for the same person? Or are you, do you know what I'm saying? Say it again, say more. <clears throat> like in your life, if you've maybe not really hurt somebody, but you feel bad for somebody because you couldn't be there for them, mm-hmm. or something like that, and yeah. you ask Oh, yeah. For forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For, for uh, coming, uh, uh, my sort of shortcomings or uh, for not yeah. giving as much I could have. Or being not patient right. or whatever. All those okay, things, Okay, sure. so when you do that one year, but you always think of those things. But really, if you've been forgiven, you've been forgiven, right? Yes. So the next year, you wouldn't ask for the same thing again. No, you wouldn't. No, but because you've been forgiven. You've been because forgiven you, for those things. Because right. people, at least some people I know, you know, you when you do feel bad, you carry that with you, even though you know that you've asked for forgiveness or even... You carry it still. I carry it. It's a remorse. Though, even though a remorse. Right. Even though um, maybe they didn't even really feel that way. But in my heart. Your heart you did. I, I know or I regret not being able. Do you, do you yeah, see Yeah, I do. I do. I yeah. think it's, it's okay to, to um, have that kind of a thought and emotion. But. As long as it leads you, leads the person to say, I got to do better there. Right. And then rather than a sort of self 
hating thing. Like, you I'm such a bad person. Go. You have to let it go? You have to let it go, but you have to let it, go. It, it's not intended to make you feel despair and how bad of a person I am For, that I did that okay. and sort of a self-loathing, self-hating. That's guilt. We don't want that. Okay. Or guilt, right. Yeah, because you have to be careful because you can carry that around. Right, and then you stay in this dark place and that's not what God wants. Okay. He wants you to certainly learn from it and, and improve. And He wants to give you the grace and the love he wants to fill you with grace and love so that you can be that grace and love for others. I see. You see? So but if I'm, if I'm only just sitting there beating myself, I'm such a bad person, I didn't love them right. enough, well, I, I'm not ready then to, get, to receive God's love because all I'm saying is I'm a bad person. I'm a yeah. bad person. Right. right. It doesn't work that way. But you want, we want, we're, we should be joyful inside, right? Absolutely, we should be joyful. I mean, we should be like a bright light. Exactly. But... Like again, in what sense? A worldly sense, or in the in in the godly sense? Okay. So what? That's a good point. What is joy? The Raiders winning. <laughs> You're gonna be happy. Be happy, yeah. Right, but you know, seeing your child for the first time. Like, how does that? Yeah. How does that compare? Right? That's compare. joy. That's joy. That's something. A whole other level. That's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. There's the worldly joy, which is, yeah, we're having fun, it's great, I'm happy. And there's another kind of joy, mm -hmm. tr true joy. I think it's more like joy and happiness, mm -hmm. right? Joy is, we should reserve that word okay. for those g encounters with God, those, those moments in life that are clearly special, mm -hmm. right? When I feel God's presence, when I've go to com confession and I feel free from my sins, mm -hmm. that's joy. That was joy. That's joy. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. uh, I see what you're saying. As opposed to happy. Right. Very interesting. Exactly. And the more that I'm getting closer to God through this period of time that the church gives us, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Lent. Lent. And then rest of the year. I'm shaping myself through God, with God's help. I'm doing my part. He's going to do his part. Well, if I'm fasting, like we said earlier, if I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm showing love to others, he's, something's happening to me as I'm doing that. He's working on my heart. He's working on my soul. And I'm being transformed. I might not recognize it. I might not notice it. But he sees it and he knows it. I don't have to worry so much. I just chip away. I don't want to be too self-analyzing either like am i holy yet yeah, yeah. no no <laughs> right? you can't do that obviously no. <laughs> <laughs> or the opposite oh i'm a terrible sinner and i'm going right. to hell yeah. uh we just kind of you know go with it go with the down flow. the middle exactly yeah. and that's the idea and not to feel too um, discouraged if you, you you mess up okay you had some meat okay well get up and try again uh, or you know you got angry okay well ask for forgiveness and get up and go again. I'll promise you this. If you commit yourself to this, yeah. not only does God enter into your life and help you and you know, uh, cause you to have this growth, spiritual growth, but you will be severely also attacked. <laughs> See, it comes with the territory. 
you're going to see how more temptations, more, temptations, more t- spiritual attacks mm-hmm. during this period of Great Lent. And all of it become opportunities to actually do what we're doing. You see? So use them as opportunities, not as roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody calls 